Inflation is on the rise, according to the latest CPI data. J.P. Morgan delivers solid earnings numbers. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink is bullish on the markets. And what in the world is going on with Russia and oil? This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. Another afternoon in the markets. It's currently just around 220. Um, and we see the Dow Jones sitting up 2.67 points, practically flat up 0.01%. The NASDAQ up 94 points, up 0.65%. The S&P 500 up 13 points. The Rust 2K up 5.73 points. In the VIX falling another 5.24%. And man, oh man, do we have a lot of big headlines to dig into today. The first one is this CPI data that came out this morning, this consumer price index information. So consumer prices... Um, in total rose or increased 0.4% in September, um, pushing the year-over-year gain in CPI or consumer prices overall to 5.4%. And that 0.4% increase throughout September was more than the 0.3% increase um, by Dow Jones there, something to notice. Now, that 5.4% year-over-year increase in consumer prices, um, actually beat the estimates as well by 0.1% um, and is the highest increase or highest level we have seen since January of 1991. Now, if you exclude the food and energy uh, prices out of the CPI data, you actually only saw consumer prices increase by uh, 0.2% um, and 4% respectively. So that was something to note. But overall, energy and food definitely pushing um, the CPI data to the upside. And inflation is definitely running hot or continuing to run hot, according to this latest Consumer Price Index data. Now, um, we also got some professional uh, opinion on this. Um, Seema Shra, Chief Investment Strategist at Principal Global Investors, said, Today's numbers shouldn't move the needle for the Fed. Inflation has already surpassed its goal. And if anything, the higher than expected September CPI just reinforces the need to start tapering. Um, November tapering, here we come. Um, and that was according to, she said that according to CNBC. Now, just coming across the print minutes ago, the Fed um, minutes from their latest meeting were just released today as well. And what did we get? Well, the Fed, according to those minutes, um, could begin, quote, gradual tapering process or the tapering process by mid-November. Um, in the market, well, it seems to be reacting just fine to that. No taper tantrum at the end of the day. But according to the latest minutes, the Fed is going to likely start this taper uh, tapering process here um, as soon as mid-November. Um, and that's something big to watch. Um, and it doesn't come as a surprise. At the end of the day, inflation is running at levels that we have not seen in quite a while historically. Um, and the Fed does not like that. And then we have the IMF more. Uh, IMF warning yesterday where they are basically warning that the Fed is likely going to need to take action before they meet their goals within the jobs market. And you have continued to get big time opinion out of big investors, big firms um, all over the place, really. Anyone who's an expert on the markets and the economy pretty much saying um, or starting to say this likely is not transitory um, or at least some of it likely isn't transitory. Um, You take a look at where a lot of inflation is stemming from. You're also seeing it in wage inflation and wage inflation is normally almost always real inflation, um, not temporary inflation. So that's just something to pay attention to. Now, shifting into um, 
another big headline out of the Disney morning. You had JP Morgan um, deliver Q3 earnings today. So they delivered an EPS of $3.74 that beat the $3 EPS um, expectation. Um, you take a look at revenue. They delivered $30.44 billion in revenue, also beating the $29.8 billion estimate. Um, and company-wide revenue up 2%. Um, so not a gigantic increase in revenue, but some. Uh, net interest income uh, totaled $3.2 billion. That beat the expectation of $12.98 billion. Um, you saw fixed income revenue actually drop 20% to $3.67 billion. Um, and that came in under the expectation of $3.73 billion. But that was made up over in equities trading revenue, um, which actually produced $2.6 billion in revenue, which came in um, far above the $2.16 billion estimate. And then another standout metric here was actually what you saw um, investment banking fees um, at a record $3.28 billion. Um, and that is up big time, 50%, um, mostly due to all of the new IPOs or issuances within the market over the past few months. Um, so a very interesting and highlight there throughout JP Morgan's earnings, these new IPOs, this bevy, this large multitude of new IPOs, giving JP Morgan a little boost when it comes to investment banking fees. And then you take a look at the asset and wealth management uh, uh, division here, and they actually saw a 21% increase in revenue, um, which brings revenue to $4.3 billion. Um, and that, according to the company, was mostly due to higher management fees and growth in balances over there in the wealth management and asset segment of JP Morgan. Um, and then finally, uh, assets under management, something you definitely want to pay attention to with a bank like JP, um, rose 17% or increased 17% to $3 trillion. Um, so a big time or pretty strong double digit increase there in assets under management. Um, when it came to actually credit reserves, um, according to Jamie Dimon, I quote, we released credit reserves of $2.1 billion as the economic outlook continues to improve and our scenarios have improved accordingly. And that was CEO Jamie Dimon. So those credit reserves also coming down um, and seeing a nice improvement. So good stuff out of JP Morgan in the third quarter. The stock today though, moving to the down side um, based on these numbers. Market not too impressed. Um, down right now 2.56%. And this really isn't a surprise. You take a look at the performance. Um, and in the past three months, it's up 3.68% uh, on a year-to-date basis of 26.57%. But this stock did run into earnings um, over the course of the past few weeks. In fact, in fact, if you take a look um, from September 20th all the way um, to today, the, the 8th, or you could go to the 8th, um, the name ran from basically low 150s all the way up to 170. Um, so a big time move there in JP Morgan stock running into these earnings. So it's not really a surprise we got this sell-off. And actually, I believe if I can recall correctly, if you take a look at the history of JP Morgan, they tend to sell off on the earnings numbers um, no matter how good. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls, we have Goldman Sachs reiterating Chipotle as a buy, saying, quote, importantly, COVID-19 Delta variant cases began to decelerate in early September and continue the fall, and workplace mobility tends to continue to improve, especially in key urban centers, supporting a reacceleration in trends. So basically, Goldman Sachs saying here, Chipotle is a buy, not only based on the 
fact that they've done well throughout COVID-19, but that that Delta variant and the pandemic overall is starting to die down, which is likely going to produce um, a slight boost in business. And then you have Morgan Stanley reiterating Apple is overweight. There's been a lot of uh, actually rumors and talk going around social media in the past 48 hours on Apple about supply chain issues and the company actually suffering major supply chain issues due to the semiconductor shortage. Morgan Stanley here uh, taking a call and saying Apple uh, is overweight. Uh, They're giving it an overweight rating, saying, quote, we are buyers of any near-term Apple share price weakness on iPhone supply chain disruption, given Apple is likely to receive more supply than competitors. Demand isn't perishable, and our full-year 2022 estimates are unlikely to change materially, even if revenue and EPS shift across quarters. And then Goldman Sachs made another big call today on Tesla and General Motors as buys, both of them given a buy rating, um, and Goldman justifying this buy rating call on both Tesla and General Motors saying, quote, we are positive on Tesla, Ford, and GM this EPS season in particular. We expect Tesla's recent reported uh, strong delivery numbers and higher vehicle pricing to more than offset any added cost from supply chain challenges in the quarter. And we expect units and margins to benefit as the company ramps additional Model Y factories in Austin and Berlin. We raise our full year 2021 EPS estimate for Tesla to reflect a better or the better 3Q deliveries report. In addition, we expect Ford and GM to benefit from the continued strong auto pricing. So basically, they like what's happening um, over at Tesla, not only with earnings, but deliveries and production. Um, and they also like the high pricing power that Ford and GM are also seeing. Um, and then shifting into this call by Mizuho on DuPont, an industrial um, initiating coverage of DuPont is a buy saying, quote, plenty of paths to grow. Focus on low-risk projects with upside. The crux of DuPont's competitive advantages lies in its extensive R&D research and development capabilities and resources, fueling continued innovation of continued and differentiated products. And then finally, we got another big call out of Mizuho, initiating coverage of Sherwin-Williams as a buy, a rock-solid stock and company, in my opinion. Um, You take a look, and this name has actually probably been struggling um, Um, Due to the increasing oil prices, you know, oil is actually typically um, used in uh, what you see in paint materials or in paint mixtures, Um, you know. A base ingredient of paint is oil. Um, so that could have an effect on Sherwin-Williams here. You take a look at the call. And actually, not too bad. Um, quote, our thesis is based on one, multi-year strength across U.S. housing market driven by U.S. home price appreciation, robust new and existing U.S. home sales, and an eventual rebound in commercial activity. And two, best in-class pricing power. That's Mizuho giving Sherwin-Williams a buy rating. Sherwin-Williams today, um, I believe, is actually down. Currently sitting at $290.28 per share, down 0.54%. If you take a look, it's off those highs, over 305 per share, something to pay attention to, um, and definitely a name to look into. And then finally, we have BlackRock CEO Larry Fink speaking to CNBC this morning and talking about the markets. He went on and actually said some pretty um, bullish things in this. He said, I'm very bullish over the long run, but this rotation, this consternation in the marketplace, I think that may be longer than people estimate. At the back end, when we have more understanding of how this is all going to play out, I truly believe we are going to see higher 
in the equity markets. He also noted, quote, I see the big pool of assets that are in money market funds that are sitting on the sidelines. So basically, he's bullish on the markets in the long term. He sees a lot of money on the sidelines that could flow into the market. Um, but when asked about transitory, he said that inflation is, quote, definitely not transitory. Um, he highlighted that wage growth will be higher than a lot of other investors estimate and that companies will have to improve, according to CNBC, employee acquisition and retention strategies um, over the next few years. So Larry Fink, bullish on the markets, but saying that inflation is not transitory and will likely continue to increase. Um, so I found that was a very interesting note. Figured I'd bring it to you. Excellent interview um, of Larry Fink by CNBC this morning. BlackRock also delivered earnings this morning. Um, maybe that's a name to take a look at. You take a look actually at how the stock is reacting to those earnings results this morning. And BlackRock is up 31 points today, 3.71%. Um, and it's way off those highs of 950, currently sitting at 867. So maybe there's a dip buy opportunity there on BlackRock. And then shifting into this final headline, we have some talk um, by Vladimir Putin and Russia on oil. Vladimir Putin went on to say um, in a recent interview, quote, Russia and our partners and OPEC plus group, I would say we are doing everything possible to make sure the oil market stabilizes. We are trying not to allow any shock peaks in prices. We certainly do not have that. It is not in our interest, he said. Um, and that's according to CNBC. And then when asked if uh, WTI crude could hit um, $100 per barrel, Vladimir Putin said, quote, that is quite possible. Um, so a major oil producer, Russia, um, here saying that, yeah, you could see $100 oil, um, $100 per barrel, at least WTI. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. But it's good to know that Russia isn't using this global energy crisis as a weapon against other countries. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how this energy crisis globally um, works out over the coming months. Um, but many believe that oil and a lot of other forms of energy, such as coal, are going to continue to increase increases in price as they hit highs or multi-decade highs, um, something to pay attention to. Now, before we go, once again, I want you to go give um, the Pounding the Table podcast a listen. Um, here at Running With Money, we are part of the Pounding the Table network, um, and you know they put out excellent content. So go check out the Pounding the Table podcast, their latest episode. They talked about Ethereum and Affirm and so many other great companies, um, and there's a lot of great stuff coming out of that podcast. They're great guys, um, and it's definitely a show, you should go give a listen. Thank you for listening to the Running With The Money podcast. Um, I appreciate all of your feedback, so please um, tweet me at Luke Donay on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram at Running With The Money. Um, and, you know, we want to hear your feedback. What do you want to see? Um, what type of content do you want to see? What improvements do you want to see, for instance, in the podcast? Thank you for listening. Easily Profit Trade On, and I will see you tomorrow.